0: David, you mentioned earlier that you've you've already booked your accommodation at Elgin away. Is is any other potential tie in the fourth round gonna be a disappointment? Who else would who else would please you?
1: I think I think it was Reese. I think Reese mentioned it in the last round, um about Drumchapel I know it would be a superb um game only well the issue would be is that it would probably end up having to be played at Farhill because um, Drumchapel's uh, pitch is, well it's, it's a wee shitey cage to be honest but because uh, they played at Maryhill Juniors in on Saturday um, and I think that would be great fun if we get Drumchapel down to Lockburn Park, it's just down the road. Drum I am actually from Drumchapel, I grew up in Drumchapel uh, for the first five years so it would be good to return to my roots we wee day out at Maryhill Junior, it's a nice wee pub there. Um, that would be a good laugh, but I mean, it's self looking away, isn't it? It's what we all want.
2: You're dreading the prospect of getting like a livy or even worse, a Rangers or a Celtic or something. You just you don't want any of that. You For me, Drumchapel, I think Drumchapel would be brilliant. Obviously, I'm I'm from Bursden. It's just two minutes from Drumchapel. Got loads of family, loads of friends that live in Drumchapel, and you know how well like they sort of back that team. Like, everybody in Drumchapel has played for Drumchapel United at, at some sort of level, boys club, whatever you name it. So I think like that'll be. I think they would take a, a really good crowd, just the whole community getting behind them, like similar to what Pennycook took to Forhill a couple of years ago. So I think um, I'd love to play Drumchapel, and obviously it's a, a favourable tie. That being said, there's a couple other. Other like lower league teams and non-league teams in it, so you've got a good chance as any But anybody, but of course the the, the ever elusive Elgin City still in the draw, so you've you've got hope at least at that. But we you know for a fact we're never getting it, never ever in the playoffs. Happy with that, Ewan? <laughs> Yeah,
1: I <I'll> think. <take> that. <laughs> <laughs> thirteen. Number thirteen
3: is Elgin City. To side of course. Eight. Uh, they are playing Drumchapel United, another team to cause an upset in the third round. Uh, they beat League One side FC Edinburgh at the weekend. 24. Number 24 is Partick Thistle, championship side, beat League One side Kelty Hearts in the third round. Who are they up against? 12. They are ag- up against Dunfermline, top of the league, and they reach the final two. Three.
0: Don't cry for me, I'm already dead. La la
4: la 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 la
0: Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week after a busy weekend, Rhys Aldean, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Um, uh, it's,
2: it's good to be talking about another win and thankfully into the next round of the hat. Hopefully we get a nice wee draw.
0: Fingers crossed, that draw is, is later on this evening. We're recording on Monday night but we'll talk about who we hope to get a bit later on. Jamie McDonald's here. Jamie, how are
3: you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Good to get through into the hat and hopefully get a decent draw or new away day or something in the draw later tonight.
0: And rounding off our panel this week is David Forrest. David, are you well?
1: Yeah, I'm well. I've already booked my accommodation for Elgin away. Um, it's happening. Um, but um, yeah, I'm good.
0: Good stuff. Uh, we'll start by just quickly discussing the, the protest and everything that's really going on since since last week uh, courtesy of the Thistle Archive they posted the stat on Saturday that Saturday's attendance at Farhill of 1,484 was an all-time low for a, a party. of the Thistle Scottish Cup title for Hill. it was obviously a protest organized by a group of fans which was was well turned out it gained media interest from the BBC um, Andrew Holloway of the the Jags Foundation was was interviewed as a a fan um, who was protesting on Saturday, and as was Jerry Britton. That interview is available on the BBC website. David, you were part of that protest on Saturday. How was it from your point of view um, on the canal and before the game in and in around for how or out and around for how I should say?
1: Um, it was an interesting one. I mean, the, the march around the stadium and stuff like that. I know, as, as you say, it was well attended. Um, you know, people were singing and stuff like that, and they, they had their protest, and yeah, it, it was good to see some numbers, because you kind of worry when you go to it that you're going to be the only dick there, and it's going to be you and, like, two other people holding up a sign or whatever, but there was a lot of people there, and there was a lot of people I know as well, and, you know, like, I would say, if you want to watch a game, don't watch it in the canal. It's terrible. It's a terrible view. I saw nothing of the game um, at all. I had to re-watch the highlights today, because I couldn't see anything, but... The, the actual like, being at the canal, everyone was. Uh, I think it's sort of painted as a sort of negative boo boys, you know, out to damage the club and you know, their reputation and all that. Honestly, up on the canal, everyone was lovely, everyone was having a good time, and everyone was just, you know, with, with their pals up in the canal. And we all wanted to be in the ground, but ultimately, I mean, you've seen it worked. I mean, there must have been what, like 25, 30 people in the Lambie, which is mental. I, it obviously just wasn't just them. There'll be people like you know uh, who just couldn't be bothered going. And um, to be honest, that you know, kind of voted for feet. I think I was kind of into minds about it because I was like, oh, I'm an old man with like paper mache knees. I'd rather not stand for two hours in the canal. I'll go into the Jackie Husband afterwards because he said you could do that if you want to show solidarity. Just go the Jackie Husband. And then it was twenty quid i was like no nah, i are here all right man 20 pounds i mean i'm i'm right saying we've reduced it down i remember for like the penny Cook game and stuff like that pretty sure we reduced the ticket prices down then um and i just think it's just totally un- and there's a lot of people just as many as are up in the canal who turned to who return way because of the price and I think that's a a big thing we need to look at as well. And yeah, I thought it was a really good uh, protest. It was it was a a very positive event. It might not look like it, but it was really really positive. Everyone was lovely. Everyone put their stuff in uh, bin bags. There was no hassle. Every, all the cyclists and people going down the canal path for all you know, nobody's given any hassle. Everybody's very polite and stuff like that. And yeah, they couldn't have acted any better. Um, and it just when you when you see like today about uh, you know, like the interview with, like, Jackie, with Jackie Lowe about you know, kind of dismissing it as like, a small number of people. It's not ne- not necessarily the case, and it just kind of makes you more annoyed that these things are just kind of being palmed off. And, you know, good reason that they have the protest for stuff like that. I,
0: I think you made some good points, David. I think, as protests go, it was a really effective one. Obviously, there was, there was strength in numbers there. It was sort of a clear that the message was clear that the John Lambie stand, which I think also looked really effective. But also, as you say, taking up little bags, clearing the rubbish. I know a lot of fans who didn't go to the game donated their match ticket fee to to Jags for good. So all in all, I think it was a really positive process. A protest, I should say. I want to talk to you a bit, David, about uh, the response from the ptfc trust who tweeted on friday that they were disappointed in the protest jackie lowe has had an interview with james kearney which is in in the paper today monday uh, and available online in full um and i want to read this twitter thread from uh, heather holloway who was on last week talking about the jags foundation uh, a regular panelist on draw Lose or draw she has tweeted today When misogynistic comments were made towards myself and my role as a Jags Foundation director, the Jags Foundation emailed Gerry Britton and Jackie Lowe and suggested a joint statement to try and discourage this negative, backward and disrespectful point of view being shared online and in person. The Jags Foundation were told that the club board were not aware of such abuse and that this was our own problem to deal with. The club I have supported all my life not having my back was personally very hurtful. Extremely disappointing that misogyny has now been used against us as a weapon. I've been corresponding with Her Game 2 since the PTFC Trust released their first statement with the six trustees, one of whom was completely inappropriate towards female fans. Her Game 2 have emailed the club, as have I, to move the inclusivity of female fans of Far Hell forward. Misogynistic comments should not be happening, period. I have a lot of love for all of the amazing female fans in our support, but there is not just one narrative. Uh, David, what is your response to, to Heather's thread and the, the messages that have come out from the PTFC Trust and Jackie Lowe this week?
1: I, I mean, I, I appreciate we've got Portugal versus Uruguay at 7 o'clock, so I will keep this brief, but um, I could go on for hours about how fucking annoying it is. But um, essentially, in terms of the PTFC Trust statement, they are the, the fan group, you know, fan ownership. They're meant to represent the fans, but also they were upset at the fans for being upset. What what are you what are you as an organisation the the one thing you're meant to represent you're upset at what's the point and, and there's no soul searching no looking in the mirror nothing like that it's just oh it's a bit shocking and the damage and the reputation of the club and the financial and stuff like that no and no point if they tried to engage and go well why are people doing this it's obviously just rabble rousers they, they they don't believe it's a legitimate process and to be honest I was. Uh, you, you know, I always talk about how I don't really get annoyed at stuff to, to do with Thistle very much. I'm very chill and stuff like that. I was genuinely fucking pissed off reading that interview today when they were talking about how a lot of the criticism to, towards them was misogynistic. I, I like to think myself as a, a, a decent person who most certainly is not misogynistic. And to have any sort of opinion that I have been painted as misogynistic is frankly antagonising and I don't like it. But they absolutely are just, there was so many things in that interview that are so incredibly tone deaf. And I know we have kept a lid on it. We don't talk about it too much on here. And, um, you know, for various reasons and stuff that, partly because people can't be asked this all the time. But yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I put it this way I'm, I'll see you up the canal on Saturday if this is the way it's going to keep going um, I'll see you all up there because oh my god
0: uh, Lastly I should say myself and David have contacted the Trust again, um, we've contacted them privately and publicly in the past but we have um, emailed and direct messaged them again this week to ask them on the podcast and again we'll wait their reply Since we finished recording I have received an email response from Richard at PTFC Trust who has expressed an interest in coming on to the podcast at a later date and we hope to bring you a chat with the PTFC Trust sometime in the future. We'll move on to the football then. It was another 3-0 victory to talk about. Reese, you were there in the, in the Jackie Husband stand um, and as always we'll have a quick look at the starting eleven, which had two changes. Uh, Stuart Barleghan came back into the side as did Ross Docherty which was a good boost. And out went Aidan Fitzpatrick and Lee Hodgson. Reese, were you happy with that starting 11? Absolutely. As, as you
2: mentioned there, uh, we were kind of the feature game on, on uh, Sports Sound on BBC Scotland. Um, and I was listening to it on the way to the game, and they said two changes for Partick Thistle. They bring in Stalwart Stuart Bannigan and Captain Ross Doherty. And I was just thinking to myself, oh, we're playing a, a low league opposition today in the Cup, and to bring in your captain who we've desperately missed and probably your best midfielder for the last decade. So to bring those two into the side, there's always going to be a, a massive boost. Um, and, I, and I thought they'd done fine. It was good to have Doherty back for, although it was it was short-lived, but it was good to have him back. Um was happy with the team. don't think either of the boys that dropped out can have any, any complaints. So all in
3: all, I was happy with the 11.
0: Jamie, you were also on the jack husband stand on Saturday. What did you make of the performance overall?
3: I thought we were okay. I don't think we were at our best. I think we've seen us play better than that. For first half. We were a bit slow at times. But I didn't think Kelsey were up to much all day, to be honest, apart from that free kick that hit the bar. I don't really remember them having too many chances. I think they had one in the first half which he fired straight at Sned and then yeah, they they weren't really up to much. So I suppose you could set us down to the defence, just marshalling them well and closing mm. them down. But um yeah, I wouldn't say we were at our best, but you can't play too much three goals, three different goal scorers, a clean sheet into the next round and at the end of the day we've got the job done and that's all that
0: really matters jamie i'll ask you i spoke about darren brownlee last week and expressed a little bit of concern that he played well against morton and our growth but this kelly game might be a bit of a tougher test with their sort of pace here and slightly more technical attack how do you think he did on saturday
3: yeah i thought Brownley was fine to be fair i think he's slowly getting back into it and still doesn't look fully fit if i'm honest but as I said, I think he is slowly kind of getting back into it. I think McCall mentioned that in the post-match, that he's getting better as the games go on. and Yeah, it's just good to see him kind of improving because he was a bit of a concern when he first came back, if you remember that, Air United get him away and just a couple of other games, he just didn't really look at it. So it's good to see him slowly improving.
0: Peace.
2: I agree, I think that um, Brownlee is getting better and better with each given week, and, and as you mentioned obviously he's not anywhere near full fitness, but I think you can see that he is getting fitter with game time and, and that's always going to be the case, he was out for the best part of over a year I think 14 months, 15 months, so for any player to come back for that, they're going to struggle for, for fitness and whatnot. so he needs to play games and he's getting that now that's back to back clean sheets and, and obviously you always think that he's probably had a better game when, when we've won, but I genuinely do believe that he had he had good games in the in the past two appearances. In terms of the performance, I thought it was pretty one way traffic. I don't think we were the game was ever in doubt, to be honest. Obviously uh Hearts had that free kick and it's it's hit the bar, but apart from that I can't remember too much else. Um I thought we were pretty dominant. We could have made it more comfortable for ourselves. Obviously, Cammy Smith fluffed his lines we had a couple other chances here and there just to that would have padded out the scoreline. lane. But I think 3-0. As I predicted, so that's is that me back on level terms now? I don't know, but I thought 3 0 was, was a fair reflection of the game. It was nice to see, uh, obviously, Dowds once again improving his goal um, minute to goal ratio on, on as a sub and back off getting his goal. Good to see that. Good for, for wee Tony Weston to get his goal. I was really impressed. We have sort of effort because he's had to come in and bide his time and he's, he's always been there or thereabouts and he doesn't ever throw tantrums or throw, throw the toys at the pram. So I'm happy for him to get his goal. As I mentioned, almost every week, I'm waxing lyrically about the guy every week. I thought Jack Millen was brilliant again. Up to 10 goal involvements for the season now. Good all over the pitch, even the midfield, as I mentioned. Obviously, we lost Doherty, but Turner again. Back-to-back man in the match awards. Even young James Lyon, I want to mention him. I thought he was brilliant. And, And you know these guys aren't going to get many minutes, but I think that he... He deserves to get more minutes after that performance because every time he comes on he does do well and very unlucky not to get his goal. That was incredible technique, the shot at the edge of the box and it's clipped the, the bottom of the post. So, oh no, a good day at office and I don't really think we actually came out, of, came out of first gear to be honest. So, aye,
0: good day. David, from what you saw uh, from the canal and on the highlights, did did 3-0 flatter us? Was that a score scoreline on Saturday?
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly, like, I I don't remember too much in terms of being threatened by Kelly. And looking back at the highlights, I think now it's literally just a free kick is the only chance that Kelly have. Yeah, I I think it's probably a fair assessment um, of the game. You know, we'd serve to win it. Uh, I don't think we were incredible. But, you know, we're winning 3-0. We're winning. That's a start. We've not been doing that for a while. So, you know, uh, a, a perfectly fine performance. But, you know, when we get back to the league next week, it's going to be, you need to kind of keep that momentum up and build on it. And But yeah, I thought we deserved to win it. Kelly didn't really for it, and it was it was fine.
0: Yeah, I think it's positive and I know it was lower league opposition, but I think to score three goals without Scott Tiffany is a good sign. Because I think we have struggled an attack without Tiffany for probably years now to be honest looking back when we've not had tiffany we have struggled going forward to so to score three goals without him involved at all on saturday i think it's a good sign for everyone involved as you've mentioned Reese. i think it's good that tony weston's off the mark so hopefully a little bit uh eh, some more players have a little bit more confidence going into the next few games
1: um uh, you know, I was going to say, Western scoring, it reminded me a little bit. of remember Ruddon scoring against Cowden Beef and we talked about how he had not got a goal or whatever. He's going to go on a tear like Ruddon did um, at the end of the season. We're, going to, we're winning the league and the Cup. It's incredible.
0: That would be nice, as long as he doesn't leave in January. Um, Ross Alexander asks if we will appeal the red card. Uh, Jamie, I'll come to you on that one.
3: I don't know, because you think back to the last season in the Scottish Cup when Tunji got sent off and McCall was like, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure we'll be appealing that. And then we didn't do it. I thought we had a good case for that as well. So I don't know if we're actually going to bother to do it because they don't often overturn these things. But I didn't, on the issue, I didn't think that either. Red card was a red card. I thought it was just a complete overreaction from the referee. And he just wanted to get involved. I think he was getting far too involved during the game. And just one of those, it's just frustrating to watch the referee, as I said, just get too involved. And he handed it to him, reds and six yells, including one to, I don't know if it was the Kelly manager or someone on there. Staff and yeah, I just thought he was getting too involved, and I think a yell for both players would have that'd have been a, that'd have been the end to it. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a weird moment.
0: Rhys, any thoughts?
3: Uh so uh,
2: on the tackle itself, I can see why he's gave Cardo a red card. I don't necessarily think it is, but you can see Cardo's he's very aggressive in the, in the build up to it, um, and he's kind of he's flown and he's kind of went over the ball. I um, don't know if he catches Doherty or anything, but it was a wee bit reckless, so you can see why the red's given. And at the time of the game, I can see, obviously, Doherty makes the motion to stamp. Um, and it's pretty much the exact same view that I had from the, the TV replay. So I don't know if that does any sort of, I don't know if there's even a point in appealing it because the camera angle is not any good. But what I will say is um, there's no real reaction to the stamp so to speak, from Cardo, Cardo just gets up and starts going for Lawless for kneeling on him, as if he's not even noting Docket just walks away, obviously Michael Tidza's a wee bit annoyed, They start shoving Doherty, but there's no reaction to a stamp from anyone, and I actually, I, I messaged my pal as a referee, um, I just sent him the link, and I was like, what's your thoughts, and I said, what, here, your opinion, um, and he replies, I can see why he's giving the red card, um, talking about Cardo, and I was like, no, the Thistle player got sent off as well, and his response is, which one? And then I was like, "Well, that's my answer itself." And he goes, "I think he's probably gave it because he touched his face." And I said, "It's no even loss; it got sent off." So, I had to point out to him the official player that got sent off. So that kind of says it all. So, will we appeal it? I don't think the camera does does any justice at all. So they're probably just going to side with the referee. And I think I, I don't correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if it's still the case that if you appeal, obviously you don't you don't miss the next game. But if it gets if the if you fail when we appeal. You miss an extra game? Is that correct, or is that have I made it up, or is that I an th- old? I don't know.
0: I think they but, can just add an extra game if they de- right. if they deem it's like a stupid appeal, like if you appeal right. a dead obvious red. No, I, th- I think you make a good point about the camera angle, Reese. I think there's probably just enough there for the referee to to justify himself, um, but it just looks very very soft. And Jamie, you said it as well um, about the referee getting involved. <laughs> Incidents like that, seeing less like folk have thrown punches or seriously like in danger, if players are just squaring up to each other and just give a yellow card each, like nobody was really going mental for yellow cards. And it was that there was a not a similar incident, but there was an incident in the in the women's game yesterday where they conceded a penalty. And when I did a referee course years and years ago, we get told, don't surprise anyone, like, don't make decisions that everyone on the field is going to be like, what? And I think both incidents are like the referees have made a decision where everyone's going what's that for and it's it's not ideal refereeing is it and I, I don't think we I think Doherty will get as a three game ban for violent conduct yeah. I don't think I don't think it'd be extended if we appealed it because it's like a justifiable appeal but at the same time I, I don't think it'll be overturned just because that is well as far as we know that is the only camera angle
1: I was very disappointed um, when I watched the highlights because it, by the way they made it out on the canal it looked as if they were like in a full-on street fight and that like Cardo had cracked him in the face and all this and like you know that way where like rumors kind of just start spreading and people just start making stuff up and it's like oh Cardle cracked him in the face and you know? all and um like it, it sounded far more salacious and spicy and a lot of him, is it and I said aye Carter's running a bit hard but you know I probably wouldn't have given him a red and you know Docherty does make a stamp emotion motion but nobody reacts so it's probably not a red but you know it's I was very disappointed and I, I wish that the canal rumours of a, a hate filled blood brawl were true but sadly
0: not Good stuff uh, we'll look ahead to, to Saturday now uh, it's a good away day on Saturday. I think this will be a new one for quite a lot of fans as we travel up to to play Cove Rangers. Jamie, I'll start with you. Um, any changes to the starting 11 you'd like to see and what sort of game are you expecting on Saturday?
3: Um, I think I think Cove will actually come out a bit less stuffy than they were at a Hill. I thought in the first half of Fort Hill they were a bit, they kind of sat back a little bit, but they'll be at home and... I think they'll play like a bit more like maybe they did when we played there in League One. Um, I'm looking forward to going. Like you said, it's a new away game. It's the first time being in a new ground for absolutely ages. So, yeah, that'll, that'll be a good part of it. And um, changes to the team. I mean, Dock will obviously now be out. So, coming in for him, you'd think maybe a midfield free of Barragan, McKinnon and Turner. is probably what we'd start with. But, um, yeah, I don't really know. They may, McCall might end up opting with something like two up front, Try. Graham and Dodds as if Dowdes was fair enough and we went off a head knock but hopefully that's nothing too serious and I wouldn't be against us maybe playing a four four two, Uh starting Dodds and Graham up front and have De Bannigan and Turner in the middle Wallace and Fitzy on either side maybe give Fitzley another chance or so even Weston getting a start and I know primarily his striker but he has played it wide a little bit for us and yeah I think he would deserve a start at some point to be honest especially after getting his first goal
0: Yeah I'm with you on the 4 4 bandwagon Jamie for now uh, Reese, what about you?
3: Um, so, in
2: terms of team selection, I think you've pretty much got to keep it the same. Of course, as, as has been said, Doc will drop out. Um, I think you, sh- you should probably shove Turner back in centrally. Um, and Is Tiffany going to be fit? I doubt it. So, I'd probably just go with Fitzpatrick again. Kind of keep it to a similar shape that we've been playing recently. In terms of the game, as Jamie mentioned, Cove, it's, it's notoriously a hard place to go. I think Cove will be be up for the game. They've, they've kind of picked up a wee bit. Um, there are different sides from what we've, we've faced earlier in the season. I, I can see us winning and, and keeping our run going, but it will be a tough ask, um, so I, we better hope that the team are right up for it.
0: I think we probably will. This is a prediction of what we call to keep the keep the same shape. I can't see I can't see him deviating away from a shape that's just won two games, three nil on the bounce. I, I would like to see us make a change early, though, if, if we do. Go behind, and it's an issue that's not really gone away, even though we've won uh, two games 3 0 in a row. It's that we've not come from behind uh, to win in f- forever, definitely, and uh, not when we've been trailing at half time. It happened again in the Morton game, and I think we are too late to make changes. So maybe if we start with a 4 3 3, the 4 4 2 could be something that, that comes in if the game is not quite going to plan. I think there's some, it's as important to have a plan B, but. I think we need a, a drastic one because whatever we've been doing for the last months, years, hasn't really been working. David, whenever I think of Cove Rangers and Cove Rangers away, I think back to that that game we watched on Halloween in 2020 in lockdown when we conceded a last-minute goal to lose 1-0 up at Cove. What will the reaction be in Cove if, if a similar game unfolds on Saturday?
1: oh it's um it's it's a tough one isn't it because i um i don't know that that game was that that is probably one of the lowest points of the the covid season but one of our best podcast episodes because you were utterly melted afterwards i oh god if we play a game like that again that is um it, it won't be great I I I do think that we will will win to be fair, and I think that we will keep the momentum up, and I think it, it, the fans will be behind them because it's Cove away. No one's really ticked it off. Everybody will be out in the day in the sky. It will be it will be a good laugh. Yeah, I think with that, I think it's just going to going to be a case. of... I don't think it will be that sort of game, but because we always we always just talk about how Cove were. Uh, this imperious side at home and never conceded. and oh, you know, a real tough place to go. They are not that anymore. They, that, that sort of, they've hit their ceiling. Some like Kelly Hearts in League One. I think they maybe hit their ceiling, and they are not the sort of same side that they were in League One when we were there. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, I don't think it'll be as stuffy as that game. I hope to God it's not as stuffy as that game.
0: But, um, yeah, we'll always we'll, we we'll we'll Mo, Mo Sen and Yang in the number 10 role. My big, big takeaway from that my game. Uh, Rhys, I'll come to you first for a score prediction since you correctly predicted a 3-0-1 at the weekend, which takes you on to 16 points, I believe, which is one clear of myself, Jamie and David on 15. So, Rhys, you can kick us off for a score prediction for this weekend it uh,
2: feels good to be to be back on top, but just sitting there smiling, thinking about Senna playing in the 10. Good times, man. How how did we win that league? But um predictions I still think obviously I've never been, so I'm just going from from what we what we kinda know. I think Cove will still be a sorta of difficult place to go, obviously the conditions. I'm expecting it to be freezing this time of year. Um as I mentioned, we just hope, got to hope that our players are right up for it. But I I'm I'm backing us. I do think Cove will get a goal. I think Jamie, Kent, Jamie Sneddon's wee clean sheet run will come to an end, but I'm going to back us to win
0: 2-1. I'm going to back Jamie Sneddon to keep his clean sheet run going. I'm, I've got full faith in him, Brownlee and Muirhead. They seem to have, have found a bit of something back there, so I'll back them to keep going. And I'll back them to right the wrong of the, the game at Farhill when we went 2-0 up and, and chucked it, so I'll go 2-0. I'll say we'll, we'll right the wrong clean sheet, 2-0 one. Jamie, what about you?
3: Recent forms brought uh, the optimism back a little bit. We've had two back to back 3 0s. I'm going to say we'll make it a hat trick and win 3 0. say Jamie Stebbins going to somehow, you know, he's going to get his clean, keeps clean sheet up. We're going to get a clean sheet against our uh, opposition in the SPFL that isn't our bro. I know we are one against Fraserboro, but they're non league. So, yeah, someone else. We're going to get a clean sheet against someone else. It's going to be cool. So, 3 0.
0: Very exciting. David, what about you?
3: um so
1: yeah i think it's going to be a good game um i'm going i'm going to say 3-0 as well we're going to be some mad cap safe to keep the clean sheet jamie's then doing a higgy a scorpion kick or something like that Um something stupid i think
0: that yeah 3-0 we'll take a break then i'm going head over to the semi-finals and will draw those We'll Hello and welcome to the first of our Draw, Loser, Draw quiz tournament semi-finals. First up we have Rhys Haldane, the winner of group A against Heather Holloway, the runner-up in group B. Rhys, you had a, a 100% record in your group, how are you feeling getting into this semi-final?
2: Aye, good. I'm um, looking forward to it. As I say, you can never rest on your laurels and obviously uh, up against a really good opponent in Heather today, so be a tough game and I'm looking forward to it.
0: And Heather, you you sneak through to the semi-finals in dramatic fashion with a, a sudden death win over David in the group stages. How are you feeling getting into this one today?
4: Yeah, just great to be here. I know Reese is going to be a really tough opponent. He did really well in his last round. I had quite a dramatic way into the fight in, into the, into the semi-final. I'm looking forward to the competition ahead and just want to put a wee dent in Reese's goal difference.
0: Good stuff. So we are going to start with. Round one, there are two rounds in this quiz. The first round is going to be a, a similar format to uh, the competition and the group stages. However, each competitor has given me a specialist subject, which is a specialist season from recent Thistle past. Reese, you have chosen the 12-13 season and Heather, you have chosen the 2005-06 season. Uh, we're going to swap the points around for this round. So because it is your specialist season, if you get the answer correct, you will win one point. However, if you get it wrong and your opponent names the correct answer, they will receive two points. So, Reece, as you were the winner of Group A, I will start with you. These questions are all on the 12-13 season. So, your question one, how many points did Thistle finish the league season with?
2: It's a tough one straight off the bat. Um, I've
0: not been doing my revision, but I've got a, a ballpark figure. I'm going to say 71. It's not 71. Heather, do you want to go? Um.
4: Oh, 77?
0: Oh, very close. It was 78 points. We averaged just over a couple of points a game in that season. So uh, no points on that first question. Heather, your question one in the 2005-06 season. Can you name the three teams who finished above Thistle in the league for, for your points?
4: Yes, definitely. It was Gretna, Martin, and Peterhead.
0: Well done. So you are off the mark. Reese, your question too. To which club was Christy Elliott loaned out to from November until January of the 12-13 season? I'll be in overs. Yeah, good answer. Well done. So 1-1 one, one we're at now. Heather, your question too. Who knocked Partick Thistle out of the Scottish Cup in the 05 6 season?
4: Hearts in the quarter final, 2 1.
0: Yeah, well done. And you take a 2 1 lead after two questions each. Reese, to level up, question three for you. Who scored the first goal of the Alan Archibald era? Chris asking. Yeah, it was. And a 2 2 draw at Capo. And that makes it 2 2 in this quiz. Heather, your question three. Thistle lost the second leg of the playoff semi-final two one at home to Stranraer, but progressed four three on aggregate. Who scored Thistle's goal in that two one home defeat?
4: Mark Roberts.
0: Yeah, well done, Heather. Good answer. Have you been revising?
4: Um, it's my favourite season. Really good memories. My my dad's watched the DVD countless times, and uh, yeah, just great what the 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 end playoff on the pitch it's just it's great memories all around
0: Reese, you're under a bit of pressure here I think if if Heather's been revising she's going to drop too many points your question for who scored the final goal of the Jackie McNamara era (sighs) I'm right in my head here Stephen Lawless it wasn't Stephen Lawless Heather for a steal
4: and why not Chris Dillon?
0: It's normally a safe bet to answer Chris Dillon if you don't know, but on, on this occasion, unfortunately not. It was Conrad Balatoni in a 2-1 a home win. Heather, your question for Thistle's biggest victory of the season was a 6-1 win against who? Aloha. That's correct. You take a 4-2 lead. This your final question. Who was sent off as Thistle exited the Scottish Cup at home to Dunfermline? That would be Adam Muirhead, which is also a safe bet when it comes to these kind of questions. (laughs) It sure is, that's a good answer, Reese. And Heather, your final question. This is to take a 5-3 lead into round two. Who were Thistle's shirt sponsors during the 05-6 season?
4: An iconic half-and-half shirt and it's C.H. Morris.
0: Yeah, well done Heather. Very impressive display of knowledge of that, that particular season there. So you take a 5-3 lead going into round two. This is the second and final round of the semi-final and we're going to mix it up a bit from the, the round twos that we had in the group stages. So for this round two, I'm going to give each of you three clues to a specific season and I'm going to then ask you to name that season after I've read the three clues. We'll go back to the original point format. So if you get it right, you will get two points. And if you get it wrong and your opponent can get it right, they will steal a bonus point. So I'll read you your three clues. You're gonna get two seasons each um, and then you can have a guess of the season. These are all 21st century Partick Thistle seasons. So Reese, you're five three down, you need some points. Here's your first one. Clue one, Ian McCall managed Partick Thistle during this season. Clue two, Partick Thistle finished the season in sixth place. And clue three, Queen of the South eliminated Partick Thistle from the League Cup. Um, I know the one is 2009-2010. Yeah, it's a really good answer. Reece. Yep, that was the 09-10 season. So we are back on level terms here at 5-5. Heather, your question, or your season, I should say. Again, clue one, Ian McCall managed Partick Thistle during this season. Clue two, Thistle went on a run during this season where they won six out of seven games without conceding a goal during the other game in that run 2-2. And clue three, Thistle finished the season on 40 points.
4: My McCall knowledge isn't great. Um, I'll go 20, 10, 11.
0: That is not the correct answer, Reese, for a bonus point. Uh,
2: 2020, 21, the year we won League One.
0: Yeah, good steal, Reese. That is the correct answer. The, I think the 40 point uh, tally might have caught you ahead of the, the 22 games. So, Reese takes a 6 5 lead with a, a question each to go. Reese, your second season to guess. Clue one Just Employment Law, where the shirt sponsors. Clue two, Thistle didn't win a league game until the 21st of October. And clue three, Celtic eliminated Thistle from the Scottish Cup. Uh, 13-14. Not the correct answer, Heather, for a steal to level up.
4: 16-17.
0: Oh, a year out, Heather, it was the 17-18 relegation season. That one was unfortunate. Uh, that,
2: that's the the home game where we we didn't win at home for for months and months. It kind of felt me that that was a sneaky one for you, mate.
0: So Heather, it all hangs in the balance in this question. Rhys is six five up, but there are two points on the line here. So if you get this right, you will progress to the final, and if not, Rhys will be the f- the first of our finalists. So your three clues for a 21st century season is very exciting. Clue one, Partick Thistle changed managers during this season. Clue two, Thistle finished the season in fifth place. And clue three, Thistle lost their first league match of this season 4-0. 18-19? Um, eighteen
4: nineteen.
0: is not that season. So Reese, you have made it to the final. Do you want to guess just to... Make it look a bit more comfortable on paper that season?
2: Uh, I'll throw a guess in there. Uh, um, 06, 07.
0: It was the 10 11 season when uh, Ian McCall left. We lost 4 0 away at Wraith on the opening day of that season. But it doesn't matter for you, Reese. You are through to the final, 6 5, a very close match. Uh, Congratulations, Reese. That was a good performance.
2: Uh, Undeserved, if if I do say so. I don't think I was. I don't think I was on it today and I thought Heather done really well. So it's just, you get lucky sometimes, don't you?
4: Well done. I'm just proud. I've made my dad proud. The 2005-2006 season lives on and would recommend the DVD to anyone who's uh, having a rainy day and not enjoying the World Cup.
0: (laughs) Heather, thanks for playing. I'm sure you will be back in next year's edition of this quiz and you might go one or two steps further. So thanks for playing
4: thanks matt and if i could uh, nominate my dad for a for a quiz instead of me i think he'd uh, i think he'd have have you all on toast
0: we'll open it up we'll expand it like the world cup to 64 teams or whatever they're doing at the next one and we'll have uh, if you basically if you've had a season ticket for three years you can join in the quiz <laughs> uh, We'll finish as we always do with Partridge Thistle this week and I'm going to ask you all what is the best or funniest reply you have ever received on social media? David, I'll, I'll come to you first on Partridge Thistle, as as I normally do I think, so take it away.
1: I really struggle with this one, I didn't know what to put, so I'm just going to refer to the time we went to Dingwall. And uh, somebody, I think it was you, took a picture of me with my gluten-free toast and jam. A bleak time for us all. And um, I got put in a Celtic board, and someone replied, "Who is this all-over-twist-looking cunt?" <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm, <laughs> I don't, I've never had a better one than that. So fair play to whoever that absolute prick was. But um, he, he, he got a rise at me. You know, he got what he wanted. in the old Lemmy quote.
0: Reese, what about you? Jamie, what about you? I
3: didn't read it either, so I
0: had an exam today, as my excuse. I haven't read it. I haven't uh... looked on Twitter right now. Give me a minute. To be fair, Jamie, you're normally quite, I'd say, quite uh, laid back on, on Twitter. You, you, I don't think you'd really get uh, many, any I don't virtual know, I've had, like, responses.
3: I very occasionally take digs, but uh, a while <laughs> ago, I can remember a certain tweet that got: like, see when England lost four and I was hungry. Oh, yeah. I'd replied to like the odds bible tweet and like I quote tweeted it, and they said something about Scotland still polishing that no no draw trophy. I said something like since this tweet England have gone on to lose four in a row, couldn't out to Hungary and get relegated from their like uh, Nations League group. And I just, I mean, I got a lot of Scottish people finding it funny, but I had a lot of angry English people yeah. in my response to so that. I got a lot of, a lot of hate for that. <laughs>
0: The English don't, don't take things too well when it comes to their national football team. I kept
3: getting the online. same reply. It was, we'll be in Qatar while you're putting your bins out. And I was like, I don't get why that's so funny. <laughs> that you're putting your bins out. I so,
1: think we've won it at that one. I'm not going to lie. I,
0: I think we have as well. Yeah, I don't know. At least I can get, like, alcohol out my bin. Oh,
3: to be actually. fair, actually, um, it's not exactly a reply, but it's what happened. Do you remember when Ali Love tweeted that mad, uh, yeah, uh, wonderful meme? And then, like, when we beat Clyde, I, I had this waiting for months after he tweeted that because it pissed me off when he tweeted it in the first place so I had this like version of it because he put a Nina Dean McCall saying ask the wife stop singing Wonderball. I so maybe and I think I just put his he had McCall's face on it so I put his face on it and then said ask the wife Clyde again relegated I said maybe and then I had some like angry Clyde fan comment like a cunt in the comments and saying <laughs> I love uh, lives rent free in your head there's another one I thought it was time to fuck off, and he'd like went and liked all the anger replies to, <laughs> that are uh, to to my tweet, which I thought was quite funny.
0: Yeah, I cried cl- another fan base to take things quite seriously online. The reason I asked this question, I was I was cheerfully reminded as one of the more vocal critics of Saturday's protest uh, was was commenting online, and I was reminded of a time where I posted a meme of David Mitchell on Peep Show. I just pulled a funny face. And this Dissel fan thought that I was David Mitchell and said, Hi, David, really respect your political etiquette. Just wanted to get your thoughts on the, the Scotch right to vote for an independence. I didn't reply to it, but I legitimately thought because I'd posted a picture show me I was David Mitchell.
1: I bet you, you're glad that that was the last couple of years that people thought you were David Mitchell instead of now. Hi, yeah, um, uh, I, David, love, love your political etiquette, but can you please get the fuck out the goal and let Sneddon get a run, please? <laughs> <laughs> I found the, the, the tweet, so obviously I, I was um, unprepared for this
2: and I just thought of one off the top of my head. So this, I'll say my initial tweet bef- the, before the quote tweet. So it was after the phase of the game and I thought Cole McKinnon was pretty good. So I, I wrote, impressed with the amount of grass Cole McKinnon covered, reminded me of uh, Bruno Fernandez in terms of not always going for the safe option. So lost the ball a couple of uh, times, but showed great determination to regain possession." Um, and I said only Fraserburgh, but this kid looks a real deal. So obviously I'm just saying like a stylistic comparison, sort of similar to the way that Bruno Fernandez plays, right? So some Rangers fans normally when you if you tweet something about like a Rangers player or whatever, Rangers fans are happy to hear how their players are doing, or there'll they'll be a wee bit, wee bit of positivity. But one Rangers account was raging at us. <laughs> this is his reply, and this is a direct quote: "We need to stop sending players on loan to Partick Fizzle." just to end tweets like this causing excitement and the support, fucking Jack Simpson could arrive and the quinoa-munching <laughs> would be reminded of Baresi. Ah, that was quite funny, I got a good laugh out of that one. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, 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 have I hope one you've other got one. a
0: beep by just... uh, sound effect, David. I... Aye. <laughs> right, I will call it a day there. You'll be, listeners, you'll be glad to hear we have We've managed to keep this in time. We have finished perfectly to go and watch Portugal versus Uruguay. So we will be back next week to look back on the Cove Rangers game. We have a free week the next week. But in the meantime, stay safe.